0: So if you've listened to this podcast before you'll know words like shit, b-s, feature quite heavily so if you've got kids listening or you're easily offended I'd highly advise you to Esteemed deaf pals, now it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. (laughs) Well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life deaf-related anecdotes. And tell us what they're taking to the grave with them. A pattern. A pattern? Disruptive (laughs) behaviour. For just 2 a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad free. <gasps> the dream. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe. Head to where there's a will, there's weight.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Cathy Burke, and welcome to this congested corner of the podcast sphere where the Mersey Ferry is full forever. <laughs> The M62 is permanently shut both ways and Stanley Park has been turned into a massive eight-story NCP. And who's that red-headed enigma before my eyes? Is it Sonia? Scylla, is that you? Oh, oh no, it's someone dressed as Linda Hughes. Fuck off. Welcome to... (laughs)
1: Where there's a will, there's a wake
0: As we drag our feet towards our certain destiny, it's time to welcome our guests to this morbid mansion. While some people talk thongs and Eurovision, we talk veils and who's performing at your funeral. And joining us today to talk about their perfect passing is my good friend, the magnificent writer, Jonathan Harvey. Hello, Catherine. Ruin the fucking jingle, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you very much for having me, Miss Buck. Oh, it's very nice to have you here. And uh, just this is quite an indulgent um, <laughs> episode, I think, <laughs> listener, because Jonathan and I, well, we've realised we've been great friends 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Because it was 30 years ago this year that your play, Beautiful Thing, was first on at the Bush Theatre and then it went on to have a West End run and was eventually made into a movie Mm. and has since been on all over the country Mm. over the years. And I believe there's going to be a wonderful revival of the play, isn't there, Jonathan?
2: Yeah, Theatre all Stratford East are doing it. I think we rehearse in August and it opens in September.
0: Wonderful. And there's something about Beautiful Thing. It's not just a beautiful gay love story. It's just a beautiful love story. And um, I don't know, every time I watch it, there's a certain moment in that play. It always makes me cry. (laughs) And it always makes me feel incredibly proud to be your friend, Jonathan, (laughs) because I know this play and the film, it just changed so many people's lives. It helped hundreds of thousands of people over the years and I just feel incredibly chuffed to bits that you're my buddy. And that you've helped all these people just from writing something, you know? Because oh. you were a teacher, weren't you, before?
2: Yeah, and I'd had a few plays on. And uh, Beautiful Thing was the first time I wrote something with a gay with gay characters in it. was this, And so my writing suddenly got better because I was being more honest, I suppose. Yeah. And I was writing about teenagers and I was still a teacher. Yeah. And could have set it in Liverpool because that's where I'm from but I felt at the grand old age of 24 I felt <laughs> I was really out of touch with teenagers so I wrote in the the language that I heard of the kids that I was teaching so it ended up being a London play rather than a Liverpool play yeah. but yeah
0: well listen it was just a beautiful thing oh thank you you know and I went to the very first production mm. at the Bush Theatre <laughs> yes. oh it was so good and that's where we first met yeah and the other thing we want to say, listener, just to be, you know, we might as well just take our trousers off and have a wank because <laughs> this has been released, I think, on Tuesday, June the thirteenth. Wow! And that's our birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Jonathan. <laughs> we couldn't get more, you know, indulgent. <laughs> but, I hate
2: to think what our combined ages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not go there. Let's not go there. It'll be up into the thousands, yeah. Jay. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so it is our birthday. We do share a birthday. So, talking about birth, Mm. let's talk about death. Mm. So, we'll get on with it, shall we? Before we get to your actual death, just want to talk about Last Supper. Mm. So, if you had the choice... Well, you know, you're going to die... So what do you want to eat before you sort die? Source of
2: anything from the chip shop. Oh, yeah. So, but probably quite a lot. So like fish and chips with an extra sausage and oh. maybe a kebab as well. <laughs> and Maybe some sweet and sour chicken on the side. And then I could just pick and graze which bits I wanted, which would probably be all of it. But yeah. I seem to spend so much of my life denying myself the food I like, mm. which tends to be beige food. Right. Um, I think knowing that the time was up, I could just go mad and, and eat crap basically just pick Yeah. Out. Yeah.
0: and have you got because you you, you basically live back in Liverpool now yeah. don't you Yeah. so you've got a good chippy where you are yes
2: I've got a selection of very good chippies yeah uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I must take you around them sometime. <laughs> yeah. well, we've got we've got the Rose lane chippy. here, we've got your green background <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's several to choose from, depending what night some are shut on different nights, so yeah Oh I see. To... when I first moved back to Liverpool. I haven't got all the stuff out of boxes and I went at lunchtime to one chippy and got fish and chips. And by the time I got to tea time I realised I couldn't make anything so I went back to the chippy the yeah. same one but I went in disguise <laughs> in case they thought I uh, was some fat bastard who just at the chippy which I am and so I put on different glasses and a hat and the bloke went oh it's you again <laughs>
0: Say <laughs> <So, so> ridiculous. What I was trying to get. I mean, I think you look great, and you're you're Thank very you. you're very trim, but but you're know, sort of like me over the years. You know, we go up and down a mm. little bit. You know, because you do sometimes this sort of no carb
1: mm. thing, didn't you?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I did try that once, and because I'm on all these different yes. tablets, the fucking nurse at the hospital had a right go yeah, at me. Yeah. She measured my blood, and she went. This is terrible. She went, what's going on? Have you been changing your diet? And I said, yeah, because, you know, because I'm on steroids as Mm. well, and they put Mm. so much weight on you. And I was sort of in a bit of a sort of desperate situation. I said, well, because of the bloody steroids, I I just, I'm trying anything. So, you know, I've heard that no carbs is really, she went, you can't. You just can't do that with your blood. So I i just eat the chips, starling because right, otherwise sweetheart. I might die. Exactly.
2: <laughs> They're a lifesaver.
0: But fish and chips, see, yeah. any northern, mate always complains you can't get good fish and chips in London. You can but it's di- more
2: difficult to get gravy yes. to go on the chips so I, there's always has to be some bistro in the cupboard but yeah, it's more it's more the accoutrement that go alongside it that you struggle with down here.
0: So do you always have gravy with your chips? I try to,
2: do- yeah. Really? Mm, swimming in gravy.
0: I just find that so strange. I know,
2: it's really weird isn't it?
0: Because especially if you've got a bit of fish in batter, doesn't yeah. the gravy make it soggy?
2: No, it just makes the chips soggy really. I think it comes from when I was a Kid, we had a chip shop on our streets it was called the huntscross Super bar but I, i'm such a great writer i thought it was called Hunts Cross super bar because it was super and um, I th- about once a week we'd go and get our tea from there yeah i'd sometimes wear my mother's crash helmet to, why so that they might think i was an astronaut when i went in was <laughs> obviously a history a history of dressing up to go th- to go to the chip shop and I, my favourite meal there, and we just you know you try all these different things, and someone at school would go, oh, "We had a sausage dinner." So you go, "Oh, I get a sausage dinner," and I think I loved a sausage dinner in those days, which was two sausages, chips and gravy, mushy peas. And I think it's harking back to recreating the flavours of my youth. Right. Yeah, with the with the chips and gravy. Right.
0: Yeah. No, it's a very strange concept. Yeah, it wouldn't savans. be the same
2: sort of. If you were having like oven chips and putting gravy on that, it wouldn't be the same. Oh
0: no, 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 it's wrong, really. I mean, I, I don't find putting gravy on chips wrong mm. because each to their own. Like my mates, everyone is very surprised that I don't mm. have ketchup mm. on my chips, mm. or I just don't have ketchup. You know, people, mm. what well, you don't like ketchup? Mm. You like
2: uh, tartar sauce though, don't you?
0: I'll have a little bit mm. of tartar sauce if I'm having a bit of fish, but
2: but as being a vegetarian and not eating meat—it's gravy off the menu more or less anyway.
0: Well, I should imagine yes, because yeah, it's, it's, it's meat stock, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, no, I wouldn't have that. I can't really call myself a vegetarian if I eat fish. Mm. So I'm part-timer. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well is it a pescatarian? Pescatarian, yeah. 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 I
2: often look at you and think, God, she's such a pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, well, that's a mm. wonderful Last Supper, I think, mm, one nice, that yeah. a lot of our listeners, I think, would absolutely be in agreement with you on that one, <laughs> Jonathan Harvey. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to...
1: The death.
0: Right, so we're flash forward in this fantasy world. It's the day of your death. Mm. Dearly departed Jonathan Harvey, tell me, how did it happen?
2: My death is a sort of a theatre piece, really, but it, it takes place as the centrepiece of the Interval Act for the Eurovision Song Contest.
0: Wonderful.
2: So there'll be something amazing going on on stage, yes. depending which country the, the contest is coming from. And then in the middle of it, the lighting will change, and then you'll see this bed with me in it dying, with not my friends and family around it, but actors playing my friends and family. So There might be, there might be someone playing you, Kathy, if we're still <laughs> speaking by then. Uh, <laughs> And do you remember ghost watch on the telly with sarah green there was this There was this really weird horror thing, and the next day people are like, "Oh my God, was that real? No, it was a spoof. I think people will be saying about when they watch my death as part of the interval. you know in the middle of Riverdance, say, Yeah. oh God, was that a spoof?" And they go, "No, it was real, it so was I real. do actually die, but there's an element of is it performative? what is it uh, so it'd nice. be but probably by lethal injection because it'll have to be timed these it's you know it may as well be the opening of the Olympic Games, it's got to be bang on time, you know? Yes, yes. But I'll be be at the end of my life. I'll be ready to go, so that's fine. But, yeah, so to be part of the Interval Act to the Eurovision would be, I think, a very fitting way for me to depart.
0: I think so, because you've always been a massive Eurovision fan, Mm. certainly since I've known Mm. you. You didn't just jump on the bandwagon like all these other gays. You know what I mean? I suddenly love Eurovision. You've always, always loved it. It's been a tragic secret
2: since I was a kid. Since I was in the Liverpool Penguins, my swimming club. Oh yeah. And I remember in 1978, the night of the Eurovision, I went to the Penguins swimming club at six o'clock in the evening, and I was like that to all the other kids. Are you excited? (laughs) Oh that about what (laughs) (laughs) and and that's and that's when i realized dear listener that i was different from other children right and so i remember the only time i didn't watch it was when i went to university and i was too mortified to tell anyone in my student house that i watched it i got to watch someone else that night. but so there's two years i don't really know the songs from
0: right yeah but then it sort of went through a bit of a it wasn't sort of so good for a while was it you know And then what was it that sort of kicked Eurovision off again? Do you think it was sort of people getting involved in social media? Quite
2: possibly. I mean, I don't know. Because I've always loved it, I've always just assumed everyone would love it. Why not? So I think... I don't know really. I mean, I know that I've seen like younger, younger gay friends go into various contests and saying Grindr's gone mad that night. So maybe mm. it is social media and people being able to communicate. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe the contests got better. You know, maybe maybe the internationally, countries like Turkey would send their version of Madonna. You yes. know, who do we send? You know, yeah. some, some awful act usually. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I think I think the standards probably got better. And in the last couple of years, the UK has taking it more seriously with some riders.
0: So, oh well, he was know. amazing, wasn't he? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, last year's yeah. Eurovision, I think, was, was even I got into it, yes. and even I stayed up for the results <laughs> because, uh, you know, I've got into it a bit recent years mainly because of Twitter. Yeah, because it's such a riot yeah. on Twitter, you know. But then I'll always go to bed before the result, I'm not mm, asked, no. you know what I mean, about who actually wins it. And also because this year, because it was up in Liverpool, <laughs> so you wrote a play about called a thong for.
2: I did. It was about a woman called Lulu, named after the the Eurovision winning star. The play opens at her mum's funeral. Uh And she's saying her mum was a big Eurovision fan and her biggest desire was to go to the contest. And now it's in Liverpool, but it's too late. And then her mum pops out of the coffin, the ghost of her mother and says... Scatter my ashes on the stage of the Eurovision or I will haunt you forever. And then the rest of the play is about Lulu trying to infiltrate the arena with her mother's ashes and getting on that stage for the Amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's gone down really well because there wasn't, it's at the Royal Court in Liverpool where there's a, a really loyal audience that go and see every play there. But mixed yeah. in with that, there's been these Eurovision fans, international Eurovision fans during the week of the Eurovision. So it's been a hilarious romp, really.
0: Right, well, your death takes place mm. during the Eurovision Song Contest at the interval, which is wonderful. How do you think people are going to react,
2: babe? Well, because it's part of a theatre piece. It'll only, I mean, it does get big viewing figures, the Eurovision, so there are 161 million people watching my death. Wow. You know, you know I hate crowds. <laughs> um, I think they'll just be intrigued... And I think those that know me would go, oh, was not that amazing? He died during the Eurovision. That's perfect. Yeah. But those who don't, we're like, what the fuck just happened there? Yeah. <laughs> that was so bizarre. <laughs> Did you see that bit where was someone in a bed and people yeah. were crying? Yeah. And then it went back to someone tap dancing.
0: That's it. he got yeah. injected. Yeah. And whereabouts would you want the obituary, do you think?
2: I'd like it to be in the stage and television today. Oh. Not the stage as it is now. Right. The stage as it was in the, news, which is the industry bible from about the 80s and 90s when turns would take a page advert to say, thank you for having me in the summer season in Bournemouth this year. So I think it should be announced in there with a, an awful photograph of me. A bit like Julie Andrews on the back of the Sound of Music LP where she's got her back to camera but she's turning around like she's just been surprised. <laughs> or fingered and, <laughs> and you know it's a really awful photograph of me yes. it. it is my agents would say with deep it's with well hopefully with deep yes. regret that uh, Jonathan Harvey passed away recently during the Eurovision uh, he would like to thank yes. and maybe mention a few people who've been decent to me Only a few. Yeah,
0: I'd be included. We
2: shall see. (laughs) We'd like to thank Miss Burke. Maybe you could take, maybe you would take the advert out. It is with regret that Miss Burke announces the passing
0: of her dear friend. (laughs) And, and w- spell
2: my name wrong.
0: Yes, which is a bugbear of yours. <laughs> you don't like that. I think I did. Didn't I send you a card once when I and I spelt the Jonathan wrong. I'd Probably put, put an O instead of an A because it's John a uh, Fan, fan yes. not Jonathan no. Oh, and you had a right fucking go <laughs> at me. I tell you. Did I Actually, throw- it's not the right spelling of my name. Thank <laughs> you. So, all right, mate. Did I throw it at you? I mean, the amount of people that spell coffee with a C, um. which is sort of more understandable because I am a cunt. <laughs> so uh, I can sort of understand why that mistake is made. That you know?
2: association, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit more, a bit more forgiving than you. <laughs> um, do you have any regrets, Jonathan?
2: Not ones that overburden me. I wish I'd been less of a yes man sometimes. I think... There's been certain jobs I've done, which will remain nameless, but certain jobs I've done in telly were... Every, every other writer was walking off the show and I stayed on right. sort of well I needed the money because I was having some work done on my house but um, <laughs> well, I just I never I always stay a bit too late at the party I'd be one of those people in an earthquake in the middle of a crumbling building and well it might miraculously put itself back together in a minute <laughs> um, so I sort of wish I'd left things a bit earlier right. um, which makes the death perfect in a way because I'm choosing the timing of it and stuff like that but yeah but nothing too major
1: don't go anywhere we'll be back after this short break
0: this is an advert from uber one a membership to save money on uber and uber eats kathy how do you feel about being a member Excuse me, big god Ollie, a what? Oh, oh, sorry, oh no, as in having a membership somewhere. Right, well, that depends on what, where and who. Because with Uber One membership you save money on Uber and Uber Eats. Oh, double whammy, give us the deets. Well, I'm actually a member of this myself, and you get zero pound delivery fees and 5% off your Uber Eats orders. You get savings on Uber rides, but also, Cathy, they throw in amazing extra perks, like a year of Disney Plus included when you sign up for an annual membership, which, as we both know, is great for kids and adults alike. Hang on. Savings on rides, food and TV? That's a triple whammy. It certainly is. And you can become a member for just £5.99 a month, starting with a four-week free trial. Gorgeous. Join Uber One now and save on Uber and Uber Eats. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, you're biting your nose and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua.
1: Oh, yeah. Now you mention it, I do feel
0: a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing. I
1: don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work.
0: Blimey, goddess. Whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom of it.
1: You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control especially when
0: it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, you mean our friends at BetterHelp?
1: Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health.
0: And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's betterhelp.com slash wake So we're going to get into what happens after you die a little bit later mm. but if you were reincarnated I would love to know
1: Animal Or me
2: So what would you like to be? I think a mineral. Oh, yes. I looked at what mineral meant Mm. on my phone, so it might not be very (laughs) authentic. And there was two things that jumped out at me. One was oxygen. Yes. And one was asbestos.
0: Oh.
2: And then I thought, well, that's quite good. So the people that were nice to me can get some oxygen. And the people that weren't so nice to me, I could just infiltrate their flats or their houses as asbestos. And they'll think, well, that's not been around since the 70s. I'm fine. And they'll slowly be dying. (laughs) (laughs) That's my twisted revenge. There was a teacher at my primary school. We went away with the school. I was about nine or ten. Yeah. Liverpool Education Authority has a thing called Colomendi, And it's like, well, they did have in the 70s. It's an outward bound activity centre. Awful place. Mm. And on the last day, we went to the top of this mountain. And I could see my nan's flats. But we had this sort of Hitlerian teacher who, we were in dormitories, all the boys and all the girls in separate dorms. And he said, nobody's allowed to go to the toilet. During the night. What? And so I ended up pissing in a Tupperware cup by my bed. You know, as ever since then, that yeah. was, I've been obsessed with going to the loo. If I'm trapped in a place where there's no access to a toilet, I'm fucked, really. Yeah, yeah. And it really is a massive part of my life. And I can put it all back to that school trip.
0: I mean, that was outrageous for him to yeah. sort of put that rule yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's ridiculous, I mean, it, isn't it, it, it wouldn't be allowed no, now, you say? He'd be sacked.
2: Yeah. So I would definitely go and asbestos in his house oh
0: definitely and you know
2: even coming here today I was like I've not drunk as much tea as I would in the morning yeah that I would usually you know yesterday when I went to the theatre I stopped drinking at two o'clock in the afternoon because I'm so worried about needing the loo
0: right well he's going to die that's a very right. slow death <laughs> from asbestos which you have been reincarnated <laughs> as I think that's beautiful I really do you win some you lose some so now it's time to discuss
1: The feud.
0: So, lovely listeners, before we get into hearing all about Jonathan's perfect funeral, if you find yourself wanting more fun death-related content, head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus content from our wonderful guests. We read through your real-life funeral tales.
2: And I'll drive to the Waitrose in Finchley Road just for a day
0: out. send your stories to kathy at deathpodcast.co.uk. Plus, you get all episodes completely ad-free. So what are you waiting for? Head to where there's, there's com for details on how to subscribe. OK, back to the fantasy world, Jonathan. So you're dead and gone. What do you want for your funeral? Well,
2: I'd like the funeral to be in a theatre.
0: Of course, darling. Um...
2: In my head, I'm thinking West End. Mm. However, I imagine it's going to be one of the Liverpool seasons (laughs) for laziness. I won't be in a coffin. Mm. You saw my panto. So in the panto, there was this moment where Mother Goose was at a big posh football match. And they threw these massive inflatable balls into the audience. And you have to push them above your head. I would like to enter in a see-through, transparent ball dressed in... (laughs) A 1920s bathing suit in the shape of a sort of like you're doing a star jump. Yes. And be pushed above everybody's heads as they played the theme music to Match of the Day. Oh, (laughs) And so I just sort of bounced around. So there's already a feeling of joy and excitement and like, oh, wasn't this daft? And then eventually, as the music ends, rolled onto the stage. Uh Uh-huh. Where the ball is deflated oh. and then I lie there, again, not in a coffin, just like, you know, when you vacuum pack a jumper yeah. to put it away for Christmas, a bit like that. So there'll be a nice <laughs> a nice hoover on the stage uh-huh. to perform that task, possibly yes. by a vicar, I don't know. And then you're know, sort of shrinked and then I'm ready for the next stage of the journey.
0: Oh, marvellous. But it's sort
2: of fun, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's too sombre. And no. I, I, it's sort of a communal experience as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Everyone, and you, and you, I mean, you'd love it, wouldn't you have all them hands on you darling
2: <laughs> turn the lights out sweetheart takes me back <laughs>
0: are you a football fan Jonathan massive football fan.
2: <laughs> can you imagine me choosing yeah, match so, of the day so
0: why match of the day because that was what was in the panel. Yes, and it's
2: just it's such a silly piece of music uh-huh. it's a bit like the Benny Hill theme music it doesn't you know it's something like that <laughs> football
0: fans all over the yeah, country have wanted to knock you out, it's not like a Benny hill
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be the Benny Hill. You know, it depends on what they can get the rights to and the permission to use. No,
0: I think the match of the day thing. Yeah. And then
2: you can have a rattle and you know oh, blow yes. a whistle and yeah. Yeah, nice and mm. noisy. Yeah.
0: Everyone touching your ball.
2: Yeah, everyone bouncing me about.
0: I think that sounds fabulous. Yeah. I mean I don't want you to die before me, mm. but uh, hearing that, I'd love to be there.
2: But this bit might put you off. Okay. Fancy dress.
0: Oh, you can fuck off with that. As
2: Linda Lake, who isn't yeah. <laughs> that? <think? laughs>
0: <laughs> because listener, Jonathan Harvey wrote Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Mm. Which we did together Oh jeez When was that? 25 years ago? <laughs> Just before you gave her back Just <laughs> <awful>. Jesus <laughs> Is this it? I can't be doing this anymore Yes yeah, so And we did uh, The Wonderful I think mm. I'm very proud Of gimme, yeah. gimme Gimme Well anyway So who's going to carry you in Because usually you have Pool bearers Carrying yeah. in the but coffin You have to be
2: rolled Through the streets oh, By right. by an undertaker Assisted by Ken Dodd's Diddy Men
0: because oh. I thought they'd
2: be quite funny because they'd be about the same size as yes. the ball. Yes. They're quite And little. they're quite Liverpool. And so they, if we were at the Royal Court in Liverpool, they'd be quite easy to get hold of. Yeah. And Ken Dodd did used to play a lot of the Royal Court, so it's quite thematically linked.
0: Nice. And
2: then, you know, then if one of them gets tired with rolling the ball, someone else can take over the duties. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, see, I don't think you should have the match of that. I think you should have Kate Bush's rolling the ball, rolling the ball to me.
2: Did I tell you that she came to see my punter?
0: <gasps> <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> Kate Bush, my God. This is... The woman who never goes out. Who never goes... This is unbelievable. So actually, she's
2: familiar with those balls. She is. So maybe maybe she'd like to take the service.
0: Did you meet Kate Bush? Did, no. Do
2: you know what? Every night I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the WhatsApp. The WhatsApp group at 11 o'clock. bitter like and Bette Midler with the cast. Yeah. Or, you know, some massive star. Then it was suddenly it was like, uh, who's coming to the pub with Kate? And they, it was. No. When they were in Oxford, they all went to a gay bar after the show... Uh, I was regretful that I wasn't there. And I'd love to meet
0: her. I, I think, I don't think I've been as impressed by anything, actually, mm. than Kate Bush mm. went to the panto. I know. Have you ever met her? No. no. be fascinating, wouldn't it? Oh, she's such an enigma. But yeah. I listened, uh, because, you know, last year there was a real resurgence of mm. her because of that wonderful running up the hill, yeah. being on Stranger Things. Yeah. And she did an exclusive interview on Woman's Hour. And it was just so wonderful to sort of hear her voice, to hear her mm, talking, mm. you know. I mean, my great friend Sean, who Mm. I met... On uh, a play of yours that I directed out in the open We cast him in that And and Sean, he's a massive Kate Bush fan When she did a series of concerts Five, six Mm. years ago, maybe a little bit longer She released this album, then did some concerts (laughs) And Sean, of course, Mm. got tickets and went to one of them And I remember saying, how was it? He said all he remembers is he was sort of crying and just shouting thank you all the way through. Thank you. (laughs) After every number. Thank you, Kate. After every note. I love you. Thank you. Oh, bless. (laughs) Well, I'm very impressed by that. So we got Kate Bush and the Diddy Men. Yes, let's make it Kate Bush.
2: Let's <laughs> sod the undertaker. Kate can roll the ball and then she can do a live performance of rolling the ball. So, well, yeah, wonderful. I, I like this. I'm being edited already. It's great.
0: Yes. and am and, and there will be a lot of people there because it's just thinking about how many people. But if you say the Royal Court seat's over a thousand, mm. well, wonderful. We should make sure that happens. Thank you. So your soul has now left this mortal coil. So tell us... Who's greeting you at the pearly gates? My dad. Oh, your dad, Brian. <laughs> my dad and my
2: old animals, but mostly my dad. Because okay. it would be really nice to see him again. Yeah. i tell you a funny story about my dad. Yeah, go on. You knew my dad.
0: I did, Brian. Uh, my, Quiet. My, 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 dad, <laughs>
2: my dad, we spoke really similarly, me and my dad, but he had a phone voice, and so he would never, whereas we would answer the phone and go 5004
0: mm-hmm. in the
2: olden days, he would go, Brian Harvey. And... <laughs> He was a working class man from the Dingle in Liverpool, but he was a postman and then he became a social worker and and his phone voice got posher as the older he got. And when I was 11, I didn't go to the local comprehensive school, I went to sort of the grammar school. You had to pass an interview to get in. And so suddenly my friends didn't live around the corner. Uh So if there was any activity to be organised, it had to be done between parents over the phone. I got this new friend who I won't name because I think their family is still a bit embarrassed about it. I'd been to their house for the day and had Chinese leaves for the first time. Right. It's my memory of the day. And we were going to go to Chester the next Saturday to go swimming at the new Northgate Arena. There was a wave machine and the swim pool were really exciting and I said, do you think my friend can come? So my dad rang his mum up and I'm stood by the phone in the back kitchen and I said, hello, it's Brian Harvey here, Jonathan's dad. Uh, Jonathan had such a lovely time with you today. Uh, we'd like, To take your son swimming with us on Saturday to Chester. There's a wave machine. So I'm stood by, I'm going, what's she saying? And he went, he put his hand over the receiver and said, She's crying. And saying, take him, take him, I'm so sorry. Anyway, it transpired that what she thought he'd said was, hello, it's Brian Harvey here. Jonathan's dead. <laughs> but he had such a lovely time with you today uh, at your house. We'd like to take your son swimming with us <laughs> on Saturday. There's a wave machine, so my mate got him from playing out, and his mum sat down. I've got something to tell you. No, it's Jonathan. He's died. <laughs> my mum was like, "How did he die? I don't know." <laughs> but you've got to go swimming with his mum and dad on Saturday, <laughs>
0: suggested. There's a
2: wave machine.
0: <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. I love that so much. <laughs> so, I would like to see my dad. Lovely Brian, I did meet your dad a few times over the years, and he was a lovely guy. As is your mother, who's yes. still with us. Jeez. Wonderful Maureen. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so your dad's at the Pearly Gates, and all your dead pets. Yeah.
2: Yes, just to see them again, see how they are.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Now we're going to need a eulogy mm. at the funeral. So who have you got to give us a eulogy?
2: I've got my friend Keddie, who does a really good impression of Sonia, and so <laughs> she's going to do it in the style of an Instagram live that will be shown on a screen at the funeral. So
0: marvelous! Mm. Let's have a listen.
1: Hi guys, it's Sonia here, the voice of Eurovision, the voice of Liverpool. <laughs> And I'm just jumping on here to say that I'm made up to be asked to do the eulogy for... What was his name again? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Jonathan Harvey. (laughs) Oh, it's dead sad, isn't it? (laughs) But at least he went the way he wanted to. As part of the interval act at the Eurovision. God love the bones of him. (laughs) Oh, do you know what? I can't believe... It's 30 years since I represented the UK at the contest. 30 years since I donned that purple catsuit with the saggy gusset and sang <laughs> my little heart out for all you guys out there. Ah, oh, I hope you all have a wonderful funeral service and all that. I'd love to be there, only I can't be asked. The world's a quieter place without our Jonathan, isn't it? Because let's be honest, he did like the sound of his own voice, didn't he? Oh, what am I like?
3: <laughs> anyway, I've
1: got to go. I've left some spuds on a low light. Oh, have a fabulous day and let's get it trending on Twitter. Hashtag Jonathan's dead.
0: Cheers. <laughs> Jonathan's dead. Jonathan's dead. <laughs> That's a very good Sonia impression. <laughs> and and this year at the Eurovision, there was all this talk, there's going to be a massive surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and God love it, it was Sonia. Yes, isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> for you, it was oh, great. Dear. Right. So, thank you for that eulogy, Keddie. Yeah. So now we need to know. Buried or cremated. So... What do you want? Do you want to be buried or do you want to be burnt? Burnt. Nice. I just think not scattered
2: anywhere. Uh Just like, you know, like... I've still got one of my dog's ashes in the bedroom somewhere, and I just know I don't know what I'm ever going to do with them. Yeah. And when I move house, they'll have to go with me. So I'd like to be some annoying, an annoying urn somewhere that my nephews will have to dispose of after you know, <laughs> after, you know once everybody's gone. What do we do? What do we do with Jonathan's ashes? No, yeah. not, they'll, they'll, someone else will be moving house, and they'll be in an attic somewhere, forgotten. I think that's quite funny.
0: So just the ashes forevermore. Yeah. Existing
2: until someone throws them in a bin and goes, Ugh, Yeah, I've still got these. I quite like the idea of being a bit being an inconvenience. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, what's that? Oh, I oh, should do something with those at some point. Oh, I can't be off. Yes. Yeah. Should we all go to Jonathan's favourite place and scatter his ashes? Oh, that'll be his armchair in front of the television.
0: <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah.
2: They're there anyway. So yeah.
0: Anyway, the gravestone. So you're going to be cremated. Mm. So there's not actually going to be, but a plaque. So we thought like a plaque instead of a gravestone. So what would you want written on your plaque?
2: A mate of mine said he wanted it on his gravestone, "E, she was thin," and <laughs> I, I, and I think I'd steal that.
0: Yes. She was thin. She was thin. Because I've always
2: striven to be thin. So I finally am. And I must have been quite slim to have died and be bounced around in a ball. So I think it's probably quite appropriate.
0: Yes. And also, darling, I knew you when you were in your 20s and you were were, were tiny. So when you look back on photos of yourself and you always think, oh... I was a fat fuck always. Mm. And then you look back and think, actually, no. We were beautiful, Kathy. Mm. Lovely. Well, we shall make sure that that is uh, written on your plaque, right? So you've been laid to rest, Jonathan, but what's happening now you're gone is we have to have the wake.
1: Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. After this short break.
3: The wheel and the wake. So, what is it you're going to have? Well, I think
2: probably because it's in a theatre, the wake's going to take place in the theatre bar just for ease. Yes. But. I mean, if it was 10 years ago, it would be a different experience because I don't drink anymore. Mm. I don't really like parties. Uh-huh. I find, you know, I'd like to go in my car. If I have to really go, go for half an hour, leave. Yes. Get back and watch you know, something on Netflix. So I'm not that bothered about what actually happens at the party, but I think for ease of movement of these mm. 1,100 people, it would have to be in the theatre bar. Okay. And maybe because I don't drink, let, let nobody drink. <laughs> <laughs> they have to drink tea and coffee.
0: Are you going to haunt anyone, do you think?
2: Only in the way I described earlier as, as a bit of asbestos.
0: For that and, horrible teacher. Yeah. No-one else you want to haunt? There probably
2: are. Yeah, anyone who's been unnice to me on a job. Mm. You know, you work with people and they say things and you because you've got to get the job done, you put up with anything really to get it done and then only years later you go... I Yeah.
0: What that person
2: make said it, to me Making personal vile. comments about the way you look, or, you know, it's like you just suck really? it up a yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's a few people, but uh, I'll, I'll leave a list.
0: See, this is what's good about me and you, because, um, you know, what I don't like about people is that they try and rewrite history. You know what I mean? I don't like it when people go, that didn't happen, this happened, Mm. to make themselves sort of feel better. Yeah. But I've got the memory of a fucking elephant, me. Mm. I can remember everything
2: success has many masters, doesn't it and, yes. I'm, and then when people know that I know you mm. the things they come out with like, oh well I knew Cathy in her Peterborough days yeah. I was like, oh, she's never lived in Peterborough never lived in Peterborough no she did she lived on blah 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 road and I was like no, she I remember bringing you up once and go, did you ever live in Peterborough and you were like no <laughs> <laughs> I thought why would you lie to somebody that knows the, the actual person you're talking about so yeah I often get people thinking I'm somebody else I get the hairdresser from Gogglebox so um, oh,
0: really? <laughs> I like him. I know. At least he's someone nice. I, was,
2: I did a radio show with Stephen K. Amos, and we all went to the pub afterwards, and uh, there was this drunk bloke came up to me and oh, I'm, I'm a massive fan of yours. And of course, I'd just done my own show. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I was like, how would you do it? And I was like, do what? And he was like, you know, like really showing off to all the artists. I was a big fan of mine. Yeah. Like, you know, how do you, do you do it week on week? I went, like, well, we just come to the radio station, we record it. And I'm like, yeah. no, mm. I mean, do you, do you watch all the programmes? Like, who do you think I am? Like, You're that hairdresser from God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's amazing. I know. Well, at least he's funny.
2: Yes, and I do like him, so yeah. Yes, yeah. I love Gogglebox. Oh, it's amazing. You did it, didn't you, with Paul O'Grady. Oh, with yes. lovely Paul. Yeah. We're going to miss him
0: very, very much. I,
2: my Liverpool accent must, must have been stronger when I first moved to London because um, he wasn't that famous then. He was just on the gay scene playing Lily. And there was I used to go to the law and dress in Earl's Court every Saturday. And this bloke was like, can I ask you a question? I went, yeah. He went, are you Lily Savage? And I went, yes, I am. Did you? <laughs> He said, "Oh, I'm a really big fan. I see you every Tuesday in Manhattan's music bar." And I was like, "Should you come round, and say hello?" And I forgot about this. And then I saw him again. He was like, "Oh, I was going to come round on Tuesday." But I didn't. And I said, "No, you should." And then I had to change my laundress after that. I <laughs> told Paul what a bad pissed himself. Oh, Can You dear. imagine
0: Paul like suddenly weird. Yeah, bloke. No, no. He said that you said in the laundrette. We to look come nothing and see like it. each other.
2: He's so tall and skinny. Oh dear.
0: Oh what a yes, funny. sadly missed. Beautiful pole. Mm. Right. So we have to do the wheel. Mm-hmm. So what you got and who's getting it? This is my my catchphrase of the show. <laughs>
2: it's a belter. time. Um <laughs> just always wanted a catchphrase. Um Well my husband is dead. Hmm. What's really good is my brother's got three sons yeah. and one of them just got a first at university in maths or business or something. Amazing. So I think I'd really like him eventually to be my accountant I think. So I think he'd yeah. be the really good to be in charge of what I've got yes. and who it goes to. Okay. And because I suppose, you know, Westcliff-on-Sea rep might do a beautiful thing two months after i died. There needs to be someone managing who gets the 25 quid and who it gets <laughs> split between, you know. So I'm, I'm yeah. in quite safe hands there, I think. Yes. Really lucky. And, and actually, you know, I don't have any kids. It's a bit, bit pointless leaving it all to my dog. Yeah. So I think the nephews will get everything, really.
0: Nice. Mm, yeah. And is there anything you sort of think, oh, God, I don't want the nephews finding this? No. I,
2: I'm, as I know, it's going to be the Eurovision. If there's anything embarrassing, I can get rid of it. I mean, I'll probably have to delete a few WhatsApp messages. Slagging <laughs> like people off. But mm. at the, on the other hand, my life has been governed by my own embarrassment. So I think the fact that I'm dead has no point in being embarrassed anymore. So...
0: Oh, look at them. That's from my tablet, darling. So I don't die, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan Harvey, we're almost at the end of the episode and it's been a lovely episode for Aww. me to have one of my dearest darling friends oh, so. do this with me on our birthday. That's right. That's right. But before we release your spirit into the afterlife uh-huh. for all eternity, yep. we've got one more thing to add to your legacy. So no pressure, but what are your...
1: Last words.
2: Where's the toilet?
0: Brilliant. I think we could just end that with a flush, maybe. Nice. <laughs> Sound of a flush. <laughs> well, that'd be great. Oh, thank you, Jonathan, for thank doing you. this. Thank you for having He's me. He's gone. we still recording. Yeah, my there you go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's so hard to tell when you're big. He's gone.
0: Well gang, we've come to the end Or have we? Mm, it's not over yet, have you got some cash in your pocket? We've got more hilarious bits with Jonathan and guests of episode past over on our subscription podcast Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your real life death anecdotes and play a quick fire question round, take it to the grave Head to where there's a awake.com to subscribe. So Jonathan are you up for joining me over on Six Feet Under? I can't wait. Great. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that was cathartic. <laughs> You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. This is a Sony Music Entertainment production. My senior producer is Charlie Morell, and my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineering by Gulliver Tickle. Production coordinator is Archon Mohale. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson.